Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. My new book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism, is now out on Amazon Kindle and paperback. I'm currently in production of the audiobook, so you'll be the first to know when that is out as well. Um, links will be in the show notes, so check it out if you're interested. Interested. What happens when you, uh, especially when you're making a science fiction film, but almost any film, uh, you're working with limited resources. So I was never really able to tell the story that I wanted to tell. I had to self-censor the story down to something I knew could be done uh, given the technology I had available. There's, I guess there's a saying among directors that a film is never finished, it's just abandoned. And for other directors, it's the film is never finished, they just finally take it away from you at some point. This is a great chance for me to experiment with a new technology and see if I can do the, the, the prequels uh, and at the same time fix a lot of things that I was really frustrated with first time around with Star Wars that I couldn't complete properly. <clears throat> I was worried that uh, digital enhancement would uh, stand out too much. In Star Wars especially, I feel like most of the digital enhancements that were done that added things are intrusive and it would have been better without them. Um, I, I don't like most of the enhancements. I think that they're um, a mistake, really. Our mistrust in media is at an all-time high. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied? It's a lie on a news network, it, it, and it's a lie that's a willing that's that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Uh, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face of law enforcement. Uh, but there's no question any longer. The Russians uh, actively interfered in our election to help Donald Trump. Uh, there is no hoax. Sorry about the mess. Welcome to a conspiracy in the force. The show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. This show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. This episode is titled, George Shot First. The theme of this episode is based on feedback I received on Instagram. I got a message from Vito, who goes by The Last Shogun on Instagram. I'll put the link to his page in the show notes. Here's his message. I'm new to your work, but have you ever done anything on how Lucas's reworking of the original trilogy reflects the current media's attempts to slowly alter the public's perceptions of events to make them deny what they saw? Wait a minute, didn't Han shoot first? And to even alter history. By manipulating the past, Lucas has managed to convince a whole new generation of viewers that Greedo was the aggressor. 
Once the OG generation who remembers the first cuts is gone, all the next generation will know will be the revised editions. It will be as if history has been manipulated to the point that Han never shot first. I'm rambling, but I think you get the point. I think it's an interesting parallel and one worth pondering. I really appreciate Vito for this feedback, and it really did get me thinking. You know, us Star Wars fans have put a lot of emphasis recently on how the Disney brass has tried to change our perspective on popular characters like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker based on their representation in the sequel trilogy, which doesn't seem to jive with their prior representation in the original trilogy. Also, as I discussed on a previous episode titled The Unpersoning of Star Wars, we gave Disney a lot of grief about removing the expanded universe novels, comics, and video games from consideration as part of the overall story of Star Wars, the canon of Star Wars. Now, these are all valid criticisms, but we can't forget that this 1984 unpersoning mentality of concepts, characters, and themes in Star Wars goes all the way back to George himself. In 1997, George Lucas re-released the original Star Wars trilogy as special editions to both mark the 20th anniversary of the original film and to prepare audiences for the upcoming prequel trilogy, which would debut two years later in 1999. Now, these weren't just strict re-releases of the original films. George spent millions of dollars on visual and audio edits to, in his words, quote, finish the film the way it was meant to be, end quote. He felt that the final products released years earlier were incomplete. He didn't have the time and or budget for many shots that he wanted. And in some cases, the technology to complete these shots wasn't readily available in the 70s. And Lucas personally felt like they were lacking. Lacking? As a hardcore fan of Star Wars, I will never understand George's take here. But hey, he's the creator. He can do with his product whatever he wants. But his decision to do so did leave a lot of fans upset, confused, and in some situations just downright angry. Let's walk through a few of these edits for the original film A New Hope. We'll go through some of the changes that, in my opinion, didn't do much to change the overall story, but simply change the visual aesthetic. Some of these I doubt fans really noticed at all. Here's a few of them. Number one, the opening crawl was recomposed again using the original 1977 Starfield in positions of the moons. Number two, the sunset over the canyon R2-D2 travels down has been enhanced and lengthened, and the canyon scene has been darkened. Number three, a revised Jawa sand crawler had the sky darkened with a few scattered stars. And four, the shot of the sand crawler coming over the rise was reshot using the original model. The new shot is longer and closer with the camera panning to follow the sand crawler. Number five, a new digital matte painting of the sand crawler and extended sky were added when the Jawas were setting up shop in front of the Lars farm. Artificial zooming is also present. More evaporators have been added, but they disappear in subsequent shots. Number six, shots of the land speeder in motion have been enhanced to improve the shadow and make it look further off the ground. Seven, when Luke swings his father's lightsaber in Ben's hut, the effect has been redone. And number eight, new aliens are seen in the cantina replacing the Wolfman characters in two shots. Although these new characters look different from each other, they were actually both portrayed by the same mask. The mask was just turned around backwards for the second creature. So those are eight changes that didn't really affect the overall story. And honestly, I don't know why they were necessary. Now let's talk about some changes that were more noticeable, but also still didn't change the overall story. Number one, 
Extended shot of stormtroopers searching for the missing droids, with additional troopers riding dewbacks. A Sentinel-class landing craft can be seen taking off, and new stormtroopers have been added to the scene. Number two, Mos Eisley is bigger and busier, with an extended opening showing dinosaur-like Rontos in the original speeder that would have been shown in the first version, featuring slapstick ASP droids in front of Dash Rendar's ship, the Outrider, followed by a short pause of the camera as a Jawa gets bucked from its Ronto mount. Number three, when Han Solo and Chewbacca are chasing a squad of stormtroopers on the Death Star, instead of running to a dead end with more stormtroopers, the pair end up at a hangar bay with seemingly hundreds of stormtroopers and officers. Laser fire was increased in the next scene where Chewbacca approaches the corner. In 4, when the Death Star explodes, a new digital shockwave was added. Okay, now those were a little bit more noticeable, but really, again, didn't really affect the overall story. Now let's get to the controversial parts, and there's two of them. For one, a CGI version of Jabba the Hutt confronts Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon's launch bay, replacing a human actor from a deleted scene that is now reinserted after the Greedo scene. New dialogue was recorded in the Huttese language for the scene. Also, Boba Fett has been added to the scene as a bystander, and in one scene, a close-up. Now, to me, this scene was unnecessary for a few reasons. For one, it shows that Jabba just up and let Han Solo leave after he had sent a bounty hunter to kill him, and Han subsequently killed that bounty hunter. It somewhat makes Jabba look weak, and different from the one we see in Return of the Jedi. For two, the visual effects were just bad. I mean, bad, bad. At the end, Han walks over Jabba's tail, and the visual edit of Han doing so looks like a bad Photoshop job, where he just jerks up awkwardly. So dumb. And now the big whammy of them all. Number two, Greedo now fires an inaccurately aimed shot at Han, before being shot in the cantina, while Han bobs his head slightly to dodge the shot. Now again in this one, like the Jabba scene we just talked about, the visual effects weren't really done right, it looked awkward. And while that Jabba scene was bad, it didn't necessarily do anything to change the character of Han Solo. Whereas this Greedo scene attempted to fully change his character and his personality. When we first saw Han in the original cut of the film, where Greedo came to confront him, Han just blasted him first, leaving no room for Greedo to respond. This scene alone helped us to understand who Han Solo was, the Clint Eastwood of Star Wars, the badass smuggler out for his own interests and who was willing to shoot first and ask questions later. It was because of this scene that we had a solid baseline for the arc of his character, and we followed this trajectory through to completion in Return of the Jedi, where he was a full-fledged hero, willing to risk everything for others to rid the galaxy of the evil empire. At the end of the first film, A New Hope, we see Han depart with his reward after saving the princess, and he was willing to just move on to his next adventure, but he stops and comes back to save the day, showing that he does care and wants to help. The opening scene with Greedo showed us how far he had come. When George changed this shot to more of a shootout scene, where Greedo shot first and then Han responded, some of his coolness and cold-bloodedness was gone. George tried to fundamentally change his character in our minds, when we already knew who his character was. This has a perfect allegory to the current news media of our day. We're constantly told via fact checks and quote-unquote experts that things we have researched and even things we have physically seen or heard are inaccurate. And we are also told about outright lies. We're told these outright lies in an attempt to get us to believe a false narrative about the world around us. We've been told that the Canadian truckers protesting government mandates are performing illegal acts, 
while BLM and Antifa activists burning down cities in 2020, that was just peaceful protesting. We've seen Webster's Dictionary change their definition of vaccine, and we've seen the World Health Organization change the definition of herd immunity, both of these changes done to meet the current propaganda needs. We've heard about January 6th being a riot and an insurrection, when it more closely aligned with a guided tour of the Capitol, led by Capitol Police. And of course there's the Trump-Russia collusion BS too, but that seems like so long ago since there's been so many media lies and manipulations since. Lucas felt the need to edit these films to help craft, in his mind, a more linear and connected narrative of the films, because he didn't believe it existed that way previously. The media also, in their own minds, needs to craft a narrative to properly control the mindsets of the population, which includes telling us their version of events from a skewed and obviously biased vantage point. In both situations, the ones in charge are the only ones that benefit from the manipulation. For Lucas, he raised millions of dollars from his special editions, and he also got the personal peace of mind that he needed to complete his story. The media and powers that be also win when they push misinformation on our world, as they are allowed to continue their agendas unchecked. But there is always pushback. The fans have railed against Lucas's Greedo change on social media, and with the Han shot first and Han shot only hashtags and merchandise. Hell, even George Lucas was seen on set of the prequel trilogy wearing a Han shot first shirt, which is completely ironic. In our world, many podcasts and alternative media sources have been exposing many of these media lies in their attempts to rewrite what we know about history and what we know about current events. However, it's still to be seen how this pushback will affect our world. In the Star Wars example, Lucas still to this day contends that he did the right thing by rewriting and altering his original stories. And I'm sure the media in 2022 feels the same and feels justified about everything they have done too. We can only hope they get their comeuppance in one way, shape, or form. May the Force be with you.